Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This is the Choose Your Money Adventure series. And this is part two of the series. So if you haven't already, I'd recommend going back and listening to part one. Now, as a refresher, this series is for you if the experience and relationship you're having with money isn't where you want it to be. The objective will be to create some flexibility in the beliefs, ideas, and attitudes you have towards money so that you can essentially withdraw some of the attention and energy you're using to uphold your current money relationship, experience, and narratives and redirect it in a new direction of your choice. Now, before we get into it, I want to touch on the concept of privilege. I, in this space, have never wanted to shy away from the relevance of privilege when having a conversation of this nature, and I will never deny that the lens through which I am able to approach this conversation, or even to have this conversation to begin with, is a privileged one. Now, I was at a dinner party a couple of weeks ago and I had an interesting conversation on the topics within this series that I wanted to share. But before I do that, let me provide a little bit of context. I would say I'm very vocal when it comes to my personal experience with the world of work and my broader relationship with my career path and money and my finances not just here on the podcast, but also in my personal life and in my personal relationships. And I've talked a lot about how living in a society and culture where, at least from where I stand, we're encouraged to put career success and financial gain at the forefront. I've talked a lot on here about how that has impacted my mental health as well as the mental health of many people close to me. I've also shared how empowering it's been to begin to peel back the layers on some of the cultural and social norms and narratives that I inherited and essentially question whether they line up to my own personal values. And if not, if there is an alternative available to me, if I can begin to open up to that alternative. So that's really what Choose Your Money Adventure is all about and Really, anything that I share on this podcast is all about is seeing if there is an alternative available to the one that I grew up on or the one that is circulating as what I perceive to be the norm. So I regularly poll this community. So at least in this space, that same pressure and anxiety that I felt with respect to career, purpose, and money from 
the results of many of the polls that I conduct is shared amongst many of you, as well as in a lot of the conversations I have, as well as a lot of my content that really resonates with people. Specific to this series on money, before I started this series, I did a poll asking what the predominant emotion with respect to money is. And 78% of the respondents said that it was anxiety, stress, and discomfort. 20% said neutral, and only 3% said relaxed or calm. So where I'm coming from when approaching this conversation and this series in general is here's something that is an absolutely integral part of our reality, which is money, that the majority of us in this podcast community, at the very least, feel anxious about. And so here's an opportunity to do what we can to establish a healthier, more empowered relationship to it. I think that's a beautiful opportunity, and I've spoken about that before. I think it's a very worthwhile endeavor, and from a personal standpoint, I also just really love to talk about it. Now, back to the dinner party, I was kind of discussing this idea with someone who comes from a very different background to me. This person was raised in South America and then moved to Canada, so has essentially seen two different perspectives in relation to work and career and money and finances. And when we were having this conversation, their feedback to me was that it was interesting to hear that I and so many people that I know living here in Canada and in the U.S., because a lot of my listenership are from those two countries, they said that it was very interesting to hear that this was a struggle because from his perspective, we have it so much better than other parts of the world. And from his experience, his situation work-wise and financially had improved drastically since moving to Canada. And of course, it would be very wrong of me to argue with this and to deny not only somebody else's lived reality, but also my privilege in this conversation. And I'm bringing this up because I've tried my best to form this space in this community on the values of honesty and open-mindedness and navigating these conversations without bypassing the very real lived reality of others and so I really valued his perspective and I thought that it was an opportunity for me to speak to that and this conversation made me reflect a lot because even though it was a very uncharged open conversation it wasn't confrontational in any way I think in the past my instinct would be to kind of crawl back into my shell and not talk about this topic because it feels so complex and sometimes I don't feel equipped to navigate the complexity and I'll be honest in saying that but what I always come back to is this question of what can I do from where I am now? What can I do given the experiences that I've had and how can I essentially transmute those experiences to not only expand and evolve myself but also whoever interacts with this podcast or with this community in some way. And I still continue to feel that this conversation is an important one. I'm not suggesting that I'll approach it perfectly, and I'm not pretending that I have all the answers. Where I'm coming from is having interacted with systems that pertain to work and money for the majority of my life, 
in a way that had a serious impact on my mental health and having watched friends and family go through the same thing. It's been very obvious to me for some time that there is a problem here or at the very least a lot of room for improvement but in saying that, there is no denying that the magnitude of this problem is different and in some cases less severe for me than it is for others. But my hope is that regardless of your circumstance, you'll be able to find something in this series that is empowering to you and has to some extent a positive impact on your life. So that's what this conversation is about and... Again, I really do appreciate you guys for being so open with me and sharing your feedback so I can continue to evolve this space in a way that doesn't only benefit people who have had a similar experience to mine. And so I didn't want to shy away from having this conversation. I think when we're talking about manifestation, reality creation, money, career work, it's kind of hard to have that conversation without touching on privilege. So again, I'm not suggesting that I am approaching this whole conversation perfectly, but I'm doing the best that I can from where I am. So I wanted to start off with that. And with that said, let's get into the episode. What I'll say before getting into the episode is that this is kind of designed to be approached as a workshop or an exercise. So there's going to be a lot of prompts. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for reflection. So I just wanted to make that clear. It might be something that you can just follow along with once and digest and kind of reflect on some answers and then revisit when you want to actually be able to write things down and clarify some of your answers. But yeah, I just wanted to say that in case you want to come back to this when you have a little bit more time and space to sit down and really think things through and approach them in kind of a workshop way. <laughs> so let's summarize where we've been so far in this little adventure and where we're going from here. So in the episode of this, in the first episode, excuse me, of this series, we aim to start to answer the questions, where am I and how did I get here? Of course, with respect to your relationship, experience, and narrative surrounding money. Essentially, the goal was to find what we called your current location with respect to money so that you could establish a path forward from there if you choose to. So this episode is going to build further on your answers to these questions while also defining where do I want to go. Now, I want to kick off this episode with a quote that I think articulates this concept of choose your adventure and what I see the objective of this process to be, and it's from Buckminster Fuller. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but here's the quote. It says, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. As I mentioned in the first episode, the point of finding your current locations, the point of identifying your money experience and your narratives and the relationship that you have isn't so that you can spend all of your energy chipping away at that path and trying to crumble everything and, you know, fight essentially that experience that you've had. It's more so to gain an understanding of how perhaps that path was laid out for you and how where you are now doesn't necessarily line up to your own values and where you want to go. So instead of trying to destroy the old path, 
you're investing your energy into building a new one. And for me, this also really applies to the conversations that I have with others. I mentioned in the first episode that a lot of the time, if the relationship and the experience you've had with money, you've identified that it's limiting, the odds are that up until this point, those narratives have been echoed by a lot of the people in your life. That may not be true, but I think if you're narratives have solidified to that point the odds are you've kind of been in environments with other people who feel the same way you do and when it's limiting and you've decided that you want to create a new narrative or establish a new relationship sometimes what I said in the first episode was that you can have this tension between people who are still kind of subscribing to a narrative that you're trying to move away from and so when I say you know, this quote, when I share this quote about you can never change things by fighting the existing reality, for me, a lesson that I've kind of learned is that that also applies to fighting other people about the validity of that reality that you're trying to move away from. We're not trying to say here by any means that the narrative that you grew up on was a lie or wasn't true. We're just trying to say that there are other alternatives that exist. So to me, there's no point in potentially destroying relationships because you disagree on what your truth is surrounding money and what relationship you want to adopt. And I think it's just a waste of energy that you could be putting into building that foundation for yourself. This for me extends beyond just my relationship with money. It applies really to anything new that I'm trying to create that from my perspective defies the narrative that let's say is the norm or that is being reflected back to me by a lot of people in my reality. Anytime that I'm trying to do that, whether it's about career norms or relationship norms anytime I'm trying to do that I really try to preserve my energy from fighting the existing reality or the existing norm and invest that into building my own path and creating my own path and finding people who align with that and again I've said this before it's not about putting yourself in an echo chamber and only taking feedback from people who agree with you, you can still be surrounded by people who feel differently, but it's that we don't have to constantly be in conflict around which whose version of reality is the right one. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know that I use video game analogies quite often. Now, I'm not a huge gamer, so sometimes the video game analogies may not be fully accurate to what it's like to play a video game, so please forgive me. They're just analogies that really help me to visualize what we're kind of doing in these experiments. So, In this particular case, you can imagine that you have been playing a video game as a certain character for a certain period of time. Moving forward in this episode, I'm going to refer to you and the person that you're being as your character. So the character that you've been playing as thus far has a unique set of attributes that pertain to different elements of the game. And in this case, we want to look at and play around with the attributes that relate to money. So we can imagine that you're kind of hitting pause on the game that you're playing and taking a look at your character's current set of attributes and switching things out for new attributes of your choosing. The game that comes to mind here for me is Sims. I always use that example 
but it's kind of like in the beginning when you're kind of creating your new character that you're going to go on to play with and you can make it like you can assign different attributes so you can make it have a certain outlook on social life and all of these different things so that's kind of what we're doing here and you can think of it kind of as rules of how the game goes or things that are kind of coded into that character that are going to make the gameplay a bit different. So when you re-enter the game as your new character and see, you're basically going to see what new adventures unfold. And you'll notice how I'm not saying you should go out and try to change the game or change reality. As with most of the things that I share here, I focus on what can be done on an internal level And in this case, how we're kind of approaching this is we're simply focusing on who you're being, the character you're playing, and what we'll call the rules by which you are assuming you have to play. Okay, so how we're going to approach this choose your money adventure process mirrors the process that I outline in design your character. So if you're already familiar with that and are using the template, then this will be a refresher, but otherwise we'll kind of go through the process at a very high level. So in design your character, we focus on one area or category of your life at a time. So for example, relationships or career or home and environment. So in this instance, that category that we'll be focusing on is money. But we're going to take it a level deeper and divide money into four subcategories. So those are receiving. So what is the relationship your character has with receiving money? Spending. What is the relationship your character has with spending money? Value system. How does your character assign value to themselves and others as it relates to money? And management. What is the relationship your character has with everything that surrounds the flow of money? So things like saving, budgeting, etc. So we're going to look at that level. And the next step will be to get clear on your own values when it comes to money, not those handed down to you. Starting to consider perhaps for the first time what it actually means to you and how it will support and enhance your life. Without this step... What I find can happen is even though we might be making more money, we're not actually living the way that we want to live. We may be living the way that other people want us to live or that society wants us to live or whatever it may be, but what we actually set out to do and how we actually set out to live and why we are interested in making more money, we're actually not living that way. Or... We put ourselves into positions that force us to sacrifice the thing we said we wanted from money in the first place. So for example, if you want more money to have more freedom, but we set ourselves up in a job that affords us zero freedom, then we are unable to live in that way no matter how much money we make. And I think it's a fair assumption that at some point in the future, we'll be able to finally experience the freedom that we set out to experience. But my perspective will always be, I want to be in every moment accessing the feelings that I came here or that I feel I came here to experience. 
And of course that can fluctuate and ebb and flow, but if overall I'm feeling day after day, month after month go by and I'm not living in alignment with those values, that's where I feel I can go in and try to make some adjustments if possible, even if they're tiny, tiny, tiny adjustments. So like I said, as a first step, getting clear on core values, not just in general, but specifically when it comes to money, like why do you want more money? I like to kind of approach this by identifying two to three words that are reflective of my desired relationship with money. Mine are freedom, pleasure, and security. And these are allowed to change. These are allowed to fluctuate throughout life. I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that like it's one thing and it's going to be that forever, but this is kind of where I'm at right now. And that's looked different throughout the years. So now I have a foundation upon which I can build my desired money relationship. And I can also begin to notice if that is being reflected in my reality. So like I said, as my bank account grows, am I actually experiencing those feelings and those sensations that I'm expecting to feel as I grow my relationship with money. You can also think of this again in relationships. If you were to identify what your values are in a relationship and then you were to find yourself in a relationship that didn't actually make you feel any of those things. So let's say you wanted to feel very authentic. You wanted to feel very respected and all these different values. And then you weren't actually feeling that in a relationship. That would be an opportunity to call into question the relationship and to potentially shift it or even in some cases leave it if it's not the right fit. In Design Your Character, we also get clear on how we want to feel living as our desired character on a sensory level. So I'll explain what that means. In this case, like I said, freedom, pleasure, and security are important to me when it comes to my relationship with money. So I like to take it a step further and say, how do I actually know if I'm feeling that sense of freedom? What does that actually feel like in my body on a sensory level? What about pleasure and security? And how can I give myself more of these physical sensations now without anything in my physical reality needing to change? And then we can also treat every interaction that we have with money as a portal or in other words, an opportunity to embody our new character and our new relationship that we're setting out to form. So what I mean by that, what I mean when I say every interaction we have with money, every time we have an opportunity to receive money in some form or spend money in some form, are we playing out our old character who has perhaps a sense of anxiety, a sense of insecurity, or are we playing our new character? And what this requires from my perspective is not doing things that make you feel unsafe. One of my biggest kind of challenges that I had early on when I was going about learning about money and manifestation and the intersection of both was the fact that A lot of manifestation practices encourage doing things that you aren't comfortable with. Now, I appreciate the value in discomfort and how that can be an opportunity for expansion. However, I think 
if your nervous system is constantly feeling unsafe and you actually aren't able to support yourself financially, it's not, I don't see that being a positive thing in any way. So I am not suggesting when I say, you know, having a more calm disposition every time you interact with money. I think a requirement in order to have a calm disposition is to make financial decisions that you actually feel comfortable with. And comfortable doesn't mean that it has to be the same as what you've always done. You can make small changes in the way that you approach money. So perhaps if you have an opportunity to have a conversation with your boss to get a raise, as an example, that could be an opportunity to embody your new character. But are you asking for a triple of your salary, which may make you feel unsafe? Or are you asking for something that you can feel good about and that you can feel comfortable comfortable, excuse me, about? Another example of something that I did to kind of actually expedite and speed up this process is, and I've talked about this before, is I created a wish list. I will talk a little bit about money and pleasure in a moment, but When it comes to my experience with money, I used to have a really, really hard time spending money on anything that was just for pleasure and wasn't a necessity. This is something that I identified I wanted to change because I feel that money is here as a vehicle and a tool for my pleasure and I want to be able to feel comfortable and safe and enjoy spending money. That's something that I am aiming to shift in my relationship with money. And so I created a wish list of small things that I want that I can afford. And then for about, I aimed to do it for a month, but I did it for maybe like two weeks. Every couple of days, I would look on that wish list and I would buy myself something. Again, these were all items that I could afford and that I could feel comfortable with. I did still notice as I was doing this that underlying sense of anxiety, but what started to become a more predominant voice in this experience was the underlying calm, stable, secure kind of archetype that lives within me that started to become a more prominent part of spending money. I started to notice the very irrational thoughts and anxieties that I had every single time I wanted to spend even a couple of dollars and this for me helped me to shift that experience a lot faster and shift that relationship because I noticed just how anxious I felt about spending money no matter how small or big. So this was an exercise that I established for myself to kind of interact with money on a regular basis in a way that I felt comfortable doing. Again, these weren't massive big ticket items, just small little treats for myself and be able to slowly stabilize my nervous system as I was doing this so I could shift into that more secure, stable relationship with spending money. I am certainly not suggesting that that is the right approach for everyone to take. Some people may not feel comfortable with that and you know, some people may want to make big purchases. I'm not arguing that that can't be an expansive experience, but it's establishing whatever is going to give you an opportunity to interact with money as your new character and again if your current relationship with money is very anxiously attached like mine was and like seemingly many of us in this community it may take time and practice to reach just neutrality and then eventually maybe 
feeling calm, balanced, and secure when we interact with money. It's like if you notice a pattern of codependence in a relationship with a person, but you've identified that you would like to move away from that pattern, well, every time you interact with that person, you have the opportunity to either reinforce the codependency or move towards a more secure attachment. Because you will have now identified what you want your relationship to look like after going through this kind of workshop that we're about to endeavor on, I don't know if that's a term, because you'll be now aware of your new money relationship, you'll be much more aware of when you are reinforcing the old pattern and the impact that that's having on your experience, both internally and externally. And again, going back to that quote that I shared earlier in the episode, hopefully by reinforcing the new pattern enough and being able to see that you're safe and being able to feel that you're safe and being able to hopefully feel more expansive and more joyful and more playful with respect to money, the old pattern kind of becomes obsolete and starts to fade away. And I've gotten to the point with money where it's almost like I couldn't ever imagine going back to my old relationship with it because It was just so unpleasant. And I've mentioned before how the same is true for my relationships with people, or I guess romantic relationships with people. Going from a very anxious, attached relationship kind of attitude that I would feel, like I always felt insecure in relationships. I always felt like I wasn't enough. I always felt like I had to put in way more effort and all this kind of these tendencies that made me feel like I didn't really have a firm grasp within that relationship going from that type of patterning to consciously making a choice that I did not want to I wanted to essentially raise my standards work on myself internally and be able to eventually come together with a partner that made me feel secure that I felt good about myself in that relationship that it felt like a reciprocal exchange and all of these things now that I'm in that type of partnership I don't know how I ever did it before I don't know how I did that I I just feel so grateful to be in this place and that's kind of the same journey that we're looking to make with our relationship with money okay so hopefully by this point you have a couple of ideas for core values and just a couple of key words that pertain to your relationship with money that you would like to experience and now we're going to get into the more specific designing and defining your character's money relationship with those core values in mind. Now this part of the episode is where a pen and paper will come in handy and I am working on a bit of a more sophisticated digital tool for the future, which by the time you're listening, I don't know when you're listening to this episode, but it might already be in the show notes. But for now, what you'll see in the show notes is just a simple Google Doc, which you can also use for this exercise, and it's linked in the show notes now. And all you need to do is create your own copy of the document that I created it's very simple very standard and then you can start to kind of follow along using that document okay so as with anything you can approach this exercise in whichever way you feel is right but what I like to do is make a table like a t-chart with one column that says old 
and one column that says new. Basically, I'll be asking you a series of questions and you'll answer how your old character would answer it. So that would go in the old column versus your new desired character. So that would go in the new column. Now we're going to look at each of the four subcategories I highlighted earlier. So how your character, old and new, feels about receiving, spending, the value system and management of money, but then in each of those categories, we'll go a level deeper and explore some specific attributes. I'm going to touch on some of the major attributes of my own relationship with money, but you may be able to think of others, so you can just add more to this exercise and kind of grow it in your own way. If you're content with your current relationship with respect to one of the attributes that I'm talking about, you can just skip that or leave it blank if you're using the template. And for the first category, just so that you kind of have a sense of how I answer them, just for some examples, I will share my own kind of answers. And then after that, I'll just go through the questions a little bit quicker. And the last tip which I will give, which I share quite frequently when it comes to reality creation is to work with narratives and ideas that you can reasonably believe. Even if it's only a slight improvement or iteration of your old narrative, we are looking to create some wiggle room and flexibility in your beliefs and narratives that eventually can, down the line, become more and more malleable. But in the beginning, at least for me, it doesn't work to try to swing from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. So if you have a very anxious relationship with money in your relationship with spending for example that is where I don't think it's super effective to go out and start spending on all these things that you're gonna perhaps feel more unsafe doing and you can always come back and repeat this exercise over and over again until you've reached a really solid place that you feel good about but especially if you're like me and have experienced a lot of anxiety surrounding money it helps to start with something that feels closer to where you currently are and that your subconscious won't immediately reject. Okay, with that said, let's get into the exercise. We'll start with the realm of receiving money. So what we're aiming to do in this subsection is to define your new relationship with receiving money. Now the first attribute or area to explore here is effort. So the question is, what level of effort does your old character believe is required to receive money? Personal example, I have to work really hard, put in a lot of effort, and struggle to receive money. From an effort perspective, I also thought effort and income had to have a very linear, direct relationship. So in other words, I trade one hour of effort for a fixed amount of money. I would also feel guilty when I received money for things that required less effort because maybe on some level I felt that that was unfair or something along those lines. Now the next prompt is what level of effort does your new character believe is required to receive money? For me this sounds like I have access and am open to easier ways of receiving money. I have access to ways of making money where the time I put in has an exponential relationship with the money I receive. I feel no guilt about receiving money in easy and unexpected ways. Okay the next topic within the area of receiving is enjoyment as it relates to receiving money. 
So the question is, how does your old character feel about the level of enjoyment available when receiving money? For me, this sounded like, it's not possible for me to make money doing something I enjoy. It's one or the other. Work is not meant to be enjoyed. Only certain types of work can be lucrative. I have to play a character that doesn't feel like me to receive money. How does your new character feel about the level of enjoyment available when receiving money? For me, this sounds like I am open to receiving money for doing things that are pleasant and enjoyable. The way that I make money naturally fits into my lifestyle and aligns with my values and desires. Okay, and then the final attribute within the receiving money category is receiving financial support or gifts. So what falls in this realm of receiving is basically anything that you don't have to quote-unquote work for in the traditional sense, even something as simple as someone buying you coffee. So the prompt is, how does your old character feel about receiving financial support, gifts, or favors? For me, this sounded like I have to pay for everything by myself. I feel guilty if someone pays for something for me, big or small. I'll feel indebted if someone helps me out. I'm a selfish slash greedy person or a free rider slash mooch if I accept financial favors or support, big or small. How does your new character feel about receiving financial support, gifts, or favors? For me, this sounds like I am open to receiving financial support, gifts, and favors, and I am grateful when these opportunities come about. It makes me feel comforted to give and receive financial support, gifts, and favors. Okay, the next area we're going to start to design your new relationship with is spending. And like I said, since you kind of have a rough idea of how I approach this exercise, I won't share personal examples for the next couple of categories. Okay, so to take it a level deeper in spending, let's look at the idea of spending on yourself versus others. So how does your old character feel about spending money on themselves? What about others? How does your new character feel about spending money on themselves and others? Next, let's look at the idea of things that you would spend money on out of necessity versus for pleasure. So how does your old character feel about spending money on necessities? What about things for pleasure? How does your new character feel about spending money on necessities? What about things for pleasure? And finally, in the spending category, we will explore spending money on experiences versus materials. How does your old character feel about spending money on experiences? What about material goods? How does your new character feel about spending money on experiences? What about material goods? And another thing you can consider when it comes to both spending and receiving is just generally how do you feel receiving money or how does your old versus new character feel receiving money and the same for spending. The next subcategory is your value system and first we'll look at how money informs your sense of self-worth and self-image. So what role does money in other words, how much you make, what's in your bank account, etc., play in the self-worth and self-image of your old character. What role does money play in the self-worth and self-image of your new character? Next, a very similar question, but for how you value others. 
So what role does money play in how your old character values others? What role does money play in how your new character values others? And finally, your value system as a whole. Where does money slash financial success rank in your old character's value system? And then where does money slash financial success rank in your new character's value system? And now we arrive to the last subcategory, which is money management. And the first area to explore is essentially this idea of control. How does your old character approach being in control of their finances? How does your new character approach being in control of their finances? And finally, fluctuation. How does your old character feel about natural fluctuations of its bank account? How does your new character feel about natural fluctuations of its bank account? Okay, so I know that's a lot, but the goal here is to create a comprehensive roadmap that your new desired character can follow when it comes to its relationship with money. So we're really trying to help our new character out and make it really easy to begin to follow that new path. As for the old relationship, I like to imagine that I am breaking up with that version of my relationship with money. And what I noticed for myself when I wrote things down and I had the opportunity to just look at some of the narratives I was living by was that both the new and the old are just that, narratives and stories. They're both kind of neutral and both can be true. I have a lot of evidence for the old stories because that's what I've been living by up until now. But I'm consciously choosing to experiment, to try a new adventure, and to start seeking new evidence to support my new chosen narrative. And I briefly talked about this last episode, but that's why it's so important to find examples of people that you can relate to that support your new narrative. For example, when the relationship I was looking to establish with the idea of receiving money in a way that I enjoyed or at the very least didn't hate, content creators were big expanders for me, to use a term from the TBM community. So seeing content creators making good money in a way that they seem to enjoy and that I could see myself enjoying made me believe that that narrative could be true for me. The narrative of I make money in a way that I enjoy. So I began to find more and more examples of people who provided me with evidence for my new narrative and slowly I began to see glimpses of that being true for myself. I think when we try to create a reality that feels so different from where we've been, We think the new narrative we're trying to adopt is this big, grand thing we have to achieve, but we have to remember that for somebody else, it's completely normal. The narrative that is foreign and seemingly attainable for one person is someone else's norm. And the relationship you're aiming to establish with money has likely been done before by many different people. And kind of like the phenomenon of the four-minute mile, once it's been done and you have proof that it's been done, it opens up your mind to the potential that that could be you too. So that brings us to the end of the episode. I'm not sure if we'll need another episode in this series. It kind of feels like this series is complete, but I may need to go into more detail on certain topics or add some more context 
And what I think I'll do is I'll just wait to see how these episodes are received by you guys and if you have any questions or anything that you want me to clarify further or any feedback then that's what we'll explore in another part of this series but I do think that it feels like we're in a good place. I would love to hear how you enjoyed these episodes and how you're feeling and potentially how you're feeling differently about your relationship with money and potentially how you're feeling empowered that's my hope at least. So with that said, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being here. It's so lovely to receive your beautiful, sweet messages about this podcast and what it's meant to you and to see your reviews and it just means the world to me. And I'm really excited to be approaching this experience with money as a playful, adventurous experiment. So thank you for all being here and thank you for being on that journey with me. I think we'll leave it at that for today. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you in next week's episode.